So you're listening to the DoD 45 podcast. I'm Ty of Art by Ty, and I'm a professional artist, and I'm fortunate to have collectors all over the world. Uh, when the pandemic hit in 2020, galleries closed, and so did most of my connections with my collectors. So I came up with this one-of-a-kind podcast series, Drawing Over Discussions, 45 Minutes with a Special Guest, where I have a discussion with a guest, usually someone who's had an inspirational impact on myself or on my career. So during the discussion, I draw a picture for my guest, similar to a time when I used to doodle while I was talking on the phone. Uh, at the start of each episode, I start a 45-minute timer, and we just see where the discussion goes and how the drawing turns out. So join us while I do some drawing and engage in discussions filled with random Sophie's Choice questions and anything else that may be of interest for that day. Enough of my intro, let's just get to the show. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of DoD 45. I am Ty of Art by Ty, and I'm wearing these glasses for a reason. You will find out. Um, today on DoD 45, I sit down with one of my best friends, Johnny Ritchie. Johnny has always been known as a brawler, and at the same time, one of the most likable and charismatic people you could have the pleasure of knowing. He is a co-owner and vice president of business development at Rockwell Time, a lifestyle company specializing in watches, sunglasses, and apparel. In this episode, Johnny and I just shoot the shit like we would if we were just talking on the phone. Well, who still talks on the phone these days, right? Uh, we talk about old movies and even get into Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat arcade talk. We also discuss his time as a guinea pig, doing crazy stunt shit on Nitro Circus' TV series, The Thrillbillies, and a Nat Geo series called Man vs. YouTube. Johnny's had his hands in all kinds of fun shit and has always shined on television as a TV host on shows like Rockwell Chronicles, 3.2%, and The Ultimate Combat Experience. Whether you know of Johnny or not, in this episode you'll quickly realize just how rad of a guy he is. Even if you've been on the other end of one of his punches, or you're somebody who just thrives on hating, Johnny has the ability to make you love him through his charm and his animated storytelling abilities. We strike a serious note in today's discussion and come to understand how the tragic loss of his brother, his parents, and so many other loved ones has empowered him to turn every day into the best day. Doctor, I want you to help. So without further ado, the legendary Johnny Ritchie. Welcome to the show. Thanks for calling me legendary, but yeah, thanks for uh, thanks for the invite, man. This is this is cool. I'm honored to be on. I feel very special to uh, to take part in this. I'm excited. Well, you are special, buddy. <laughs> How do you like these special glasses that I'm wearing? Buddy, this is good on you, Ty. I like those glasses. Thank you. Uh, well, what, are, what are these ones called again? I always want to call those them. Those are the casino sunglasses. The casino. That's the specific name of that style, but that's what we call it, the casino. Oh, okay. Um, okay. Well, I can't really draw with the glasses on. I just thought it would be cool to wear them. These are specifically from um, Johnny's company, Rockwell Time. Oh, I should point out to people that uh, Johnny and I um, are actually really close friends. We've known each other for a very long time, since junior high. Um, well, we won't spend a ton of time on it. I'm trying to just remember when I first, when we would have first met. But I mean, I guess... It, it was in junior high. It was at uh, Riverview. 
I grew up in a, a suburb of just in Murray, just a little bit down from where you grew up. We didn't go to the same elementary, but we ended up going to the same junior high school and I met you then. And you hung out with the, the, the Hellions. Um... Yeah, we were troublemakers, played sports and stuff, but we're, you know, we were not very good kids. We did a lot of dumb shit. <laughs> so naturally we ended up hooking up. <laughs> we ended up hooking up. People who do dumb shit have a tendency to migrate to each other. <laughs> they, for some reason they do. You're absolutely right. <laughs> uh, also, before we check in, just want to see how, how are things? How are you doing? How are things going for you? Things are great. Yeah. Just living life. You know, we, we're, uh, we're happy that things are kind of back getting back to normal. Um, at Rockwell, we do so many events. We're an event-based uh, company. And so, um, man, we want to be out. We want to be out at the races and the fights and the, just all the different sporting events and concerts and golf tournaments. And so now that things are starting to open up, we're getting so, so busy, which is did, awesome. Did things have to, can did you guys were event, a lot of your guys' events canceled, like the motocross racing? Gosh, man, we were 90 live events a year. We had three through the pandemic. So it, it hurt that portion of our business. That's how we brand and market is at live events. And so when those went away, we had to come up with a new strategy on how to, market and to um you know to get in front of our customers and so the one good thing is our core audience our core customer our first responders so police fire military those guys were all still working right yeah so um they that didn't hurt our business but just the the general casual customer we lost about 65 to 70 percent of that business went away yeah. So uh, for people that don't know, you guys will, you're like a, I mean, you're a watch company, right? That's the, the, the bolt, the base of the company. Yeah. We're a lifestyle brand, but watches and sunglasses is what we sell the most of. Um, and then we have a full line of pro I mean, hats, shirts, socks, bags. And then you guys have like a team, like a, like, what do you call it? Like team member, like um, for sport, like you guys will. Yeah. 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 So we, we sponsor at one point in time, we were sponsoring about a thousand different athletes across several different sports. Um, mixed martial arts, motocross, um, golf, like all across the board. And we use those um, athletes as our ambassadors. They helped us build the brand. Um, and then we kind of did a little bit of a shift. We don't spawn, we don't have that many sponsored athletes at this time. Um, we work with probably a hundred really core influencers that um, push the brand for us and that are kind of our Rockwell um, family. Oh, I was going to ask you if you guys have any ambassadors uh, perform or uh, uh, participating in the, the Olympics coming up. Well, you know, our, our biggest Olympic athlete was a guy named Casey Patterson, and he was an Olympic volleyball player. He was probably um, our most notable sponsored athlete. And then and then Darren Williams, who was played for the Jazz and then went and played in the Olympics. He was a Rockwell guy. So, um, yeah, we have a couple medalists that yeah. were part of the crew. That's awesome. All right. So what, right. One more question before I start the timer and start drawing. Um, yeah. how many different TV shows were you on? So the ultimate combat experience was probably my first taste. And we did that for seven years, as you know, mm -hmm. seven years is a long time. So it did seven, um, uh, fights every single weekend for seven years. And we filmed those and put those on television. And then I did, um, the thrill billies, which is part of the nitro circus crew. We had our own show, on fuel tv and i did that for four seasons and then we had a uh uh it was a show that i filmed called man versus youtube and it had all the potential in the world and we filmed one episode for national geographic in the hopes of doing a series and they didn't pick it up yeah but, did national uh, geographic air the pilot yeah they aired the show yeah we had a big viewing party and stuff and we were we were excited because they put a great show together and i just 
I don't know. I, it was a total Hollywood move. It was like, don't call us. We'll call you. <laughs> I think, don't you ride on top of a car on two wheels on that show? Or is that a different show? Bro, that's the show. But the craziest thing that we did is over in like Dubai, these guys will jump out of their cars going 70 miles an hour and literally wearing sandals. They'll skate. They'll hold onto the door and they're literally, it's like they're rollerblading, but they're not. They're in sandals. And so we saw that on YouTube and then we kind of broke it down. How did they do that? What did they, how did that work? And it's crazy, but the sand blows in off of the desert and, and it's like little mini ball bearings all over the road. So we practiced with boots and all these different things. And then by the end, they sanded this huge airstrip in California. And I jumped out of the car wearing sandals and skated down the tarmac. And that was kind of the concept of the show, right? Like you guys would see videos on YouTube and then you guys would go figure out like, can that really be done? They, the, the premise of the show was they had a, an engineer, a guy named uh, Eric. Eric was an engineer. And so he was a smart guy. He had a smart mind. And then they needed the test dummy which was me. So we'd watch these videos and we would break down the science behind them. How did they work? And then we would recreate them to see if it was fake or if it was real, if it could be done. And some of them we found were absolutely real and others that were totally fake. So it was a cool premise. I mean, yeah, it, was a, it really was. And it would cool. still, it'd still be, it'd still be a cool premise today. Yeah, I think so. Almost like a Mythbusters type, right? Nice. But with viral videos. Yeah, so yeah. You also forgot that you were on a TV show called 3.2%. That was a a cool experience, man. We we talked about bringing it back. We got to bring it back. But that was a fun show, a variety show, right? Where we went out and interviewed people and went to all the cool, different, unique places in Utah. And it was kind of that different perspective. I loved it. I thought it was awesome. What other shows? Any other shows? And then, uh, well, we for Rockwell, um, we filmed a a television series called The Rockwell Chronicles. Uh, 54 one-hour episodes where we just kind of chronicled the athletes we sponsored, the events we attended. It was kind of a, it was an infomercial for the brand, but it was like this action sports television series where we would just, you know, we would highlight our athletes, show them in their sport, and then travel to all these different events. I mean, we were, I mean, literally there was a point in time at Rockwell when we first started that we were gone you know, three or four days out of the week at an event and multiple events in one weekend. I mean, I remember one weekend, I mean, we had like uh, X Games, we had um, K1 uh, mixed martial arts, kickboxing fights. We had Supercross and like a monster truck show, like all on a Saturday. And we had to hit every single event. And so that was the show. It was traveling around and, and it really helped us build our brand. We made a lot of connections through television um that that are still strong to this day partners that we have in the brand that saw us on sunday you know at three o'clock on a sunday and then now we're you know years i mean 14 years later we're still doing business so it's kind of cool that is um and then you were on one other show um jay leno (laughs) yeah oh yeah 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 that's right yeah i I did the i was pretty cool it was actually jay leno's last season um before he before he retired off the air and um, there's these guys here in Utah that we're buddies with that actually worked at Rockwell at some point in time. And they have their own television series now on the Discovery Channel called the Diesel Brothers. And these guys were our friends and they pulled the prank on me um, that got, I think, 10 million views. Right. And so someone from the Jay Leno show saw the prank and invited myself and Diesel Dave onto the show to talk about it. And they gave me a little... Uh, they gave me a little prize that I could wear on my head. You'll have to check out the video. It's pretty funny. 
That seems like a pretty dangerous um, uh, prank because like you're in a bathroom with a bunch of uh, exhaust. Spray. Totally. Yeah, no, it took years off my life. I'm telling you right now. You like black, black. Yeah, no, I, I'm suing those guys. No. Well, they're doing really well now. Yeah, they're doing really well now. But <laughs> yeah, they're doing really well. No, those guys are killing it. That's uh, they've got a real cool formula. They're they're good guys. Diesel Dave is like the best guy in the world, and their shop is literally one block from our compound up in Woods Cross, Utah. And so we see um, them a lot. They use our facility for different videos and things that they put together. And yeah, man, they've they've got the number one show on Discovery, and yeah, awesome. it's pretty cool. It's fun to be a part of that. You know, it was it was uh, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah. All right, so we'll uh, we'll get started with this timer. Wow. <laughs> that. A limited edition, <laughs> one of a kind Rockwell timer. Oh, oh, that's your watch. Look at your watch. <laughs> I like the one you got on your wrist a little better. I do too. The only problem is I, I can't wear a watch while I'm drawing because it's um, heavy. It's, yeah, it's and I like the heavy look. Hey, dude, that that's a limited edition. We didn't make too many of those, and you've got one. Yeah, I know. I'm honored. Thank you so much. Him. Well, you deserve it. And who else? The volleyball player, doesn't he have one? Too? Yeah, I, uh, I think Tito Ortiz has one, mixed martial artist. Casey Patterson. I think like Jeremy McGrath, the king of Supercross, we gave one to. You were a huge Tito Ortiz fan, by the way, right? Huge, bro. I mean, he was the reason why I got into fighting. Okay, so um, we'll get drawing then. Say, uh, so I'm glad to hear things are things are working out good. Um, the uh, events are starting to happen again. and Yeah, to be back and doing events is, is exciting and we're – it's how we built our brand and what we'll continue to do until the day Rockwell sells or we go under. Uh-oh. Were you just like leaning into something there or that was just <laughs> as far as... No, <laughs> no. We, we, Rich Agat, my partner, the guy that founded Rockwell, he he's building this business not to sell. We have too much fun, man. We, we don't ever want to sell it. We just want to continue to keep doing what we're doing because it's fun and awesome. Yeah. And probably everybody that's been an ambassador or anybody that you guys come in con um, contact with, like probably have you hold you guys in high regard um just because you guys are solid so thanks bro yeah um all right will we're gonna get started on the drawing i'm gonna turn the timer on to 45 minutes so johnny wanted to have a honey badger drawing so i'm gonna draw a honey badger with them um, a few little uh inside things that i know about johnny that i'm gonna put in there um why a honey badger these are uh, it's in the guinness world record they are um, considered the uh, most fearless animal in the animal kingdom. They'll fight lions. They'll eat cobras. They just, the honey badger just don't give a shit. They'll, they're not, they're, they're tough as hell. They're durable. And um, I've always just loved their little tenacity and they're just these little explosive little animals, you know? So yeah. No, when I was looking at the uh, badgers to draw, I was like, oh my God, it looks like the shape of a badger is almost like how you're shaped. <laughs> not like, not yeah. anything bad about your shape, but they're like stout. Like they seem like these little, well, especially the one I'm drawing right now is like this compact. This little, little comp they have really tough, thick skin. That's why they can fight and kill and eat cobras because they have, the cobra can strike them but they can't pierce their skin, oh. but their skin is also kind of loose. So that's why they're so tenacious. Like they, they can move around and their skin just kind of, it's, it's weird how to, to hear the explanation, but yeah, they're, 
they, they're hard. Like even when a lion will bite it, they don't pierce through it right away. So that's why they're able to spin around and bite their nose and get out of it and run off. Yeah, they're a really cool looking thing. All right, so let's let's you know what? Let's get into this with some important um, Sophie's choices. <laughs> Here we go. How about this one? Johnny Utah or Johnny Knoxville? Knoxville, bro. Come on. <laughs> I mean, and I love John Utah. Give me two. I I love the uh, you know Keanu Reeves. I mean, especially now in all these John, uh, John Wick movies, but Johnny Knoxville. Like, come on, man. We watched those shows. Those shows were part of the inspiration for a lot of the dumb shit we did that probably led me to get into that comedy stunt world with the Thrillbillies anyways. Like, get to be a little bit like Johnny Knoxville and the guys. So, yeah, Knoxville. Did you ever, like, have a chance to work with Knoxville? Isn't Was was there any association between the Thrillbillies show and Jackass or not? Was there no, no sort you know, kind of the Kevin Bacon, right, thing where it's six degrees. So Nitro Circus, which is Travis Pastrana, Eric Rohner, uh, Street Bike Tommy. There's like six core members of Nitro Circus. And Nitro Circus um, had their show on Fuel TV and then got picked up by MTV. And when MTV picked them up, they needed a space. They needed a show to fill that time spot on Fuel. And so they created the Thrillbillies, which were the Nitro Circus's ugly stepbrothers, right? Mm. And so I was a cast member of that. There was five of us, six of us, well, seven throughout the years. But And so that, we filled that void. And, and in that, the Nitro Circus guys did a lot of things with um, the Jackass crew, with Johnny and, um, you know, Jeff Tremaine and, and Party Boy and Steve-O and that. So, yeah, there was that. There was some some crossover there. But I never directly got to work with any of those guys i mean you're, you're still alive you still have you still, still time have, yeah, there's still time <laughs> how did you end up on that thrill billy show so uh, mixed martial arts my passion obviously we talked about doing a television show for seven years greg godfrey a guy by the name of greg godfrey who was the godfather of nitro circus he reached out to um our jujitsu instructor by the guy a guy by the name of griffin reno and griffin said, hey, I just got a call from Greg Godfrey. They're filming some stupid shit in Salt Lake and they need a couple fighters to come beat up a couple other stuntmen. And I'm like, bro, yeah, all day. So me and a couple other pro fighters, we jumped in the car and we drove up to Draper to Greg Godfrey's house and they had the whole production set up and they wanted us to literally kick the shit out of these guys that were part of the Throwbillies crew. And so we did just that. And in my conversation with Greg, and and I, I don't know what, he liked something about me. Maybe it's, I don't know, must have hit it off with him. But he invited me to come back the next week and film another segment that had nothing to do with fighting, but had to do with just doing dumb stunts. And so I came down and filmed with him. And, and then from there it was, hey, we want to do this with you regularly. Do you want to be a cast member? And I jumped at the opportunity to do that. What was one of the gnarliest things that, that you did on that show, you personally? Yeah, probably the thing that it gave, gave me the most. I mean, this they used this scene in the commercials for USMRI, if that tells you anything. Even as a child, Johnny had a tendency to make extreme decisions. This tendency persisted as he got older. Johnny's behavior has given him a number of aches and pains over the years. He needs a doctor, but he's been down that road before. (laughs) 
all to find out that Johnny needs an MRI. But wait, Johnny has an idea. A very good idea. Not that, Johnny. This. Johnny goes to USMRI, where the professionals quickly, accurately, and affordably identify Johnny's problem. Now he can get back to his thrills with no fear. They, uh, we were in Fairview, Utah during the winter time, and we brought a canoe up to the top of this mountain, and we were going to canoe down the mountain. We had it all planned out. Now, obviously, people tune into the show for the crashes. I mean, they don't want to see the success of you making it down the mountain in the canoe, which we did. So they're like, why don't we build a jump and we'll jump the canoe and we'll see what happens. Whitney, the toughest gal I've ever met. She was our, she 110 pound castmate. Um, me and her get inside the canoe and the canoe is big enough that she's sitting in front of this crossbar that goes across the middle of the canoe. Well, I'm sitting in the back of the canoe and I've got my feet kind of braced on this crossbar. So we start, we shoot down the mountain, we hit the jump. As soon as we hit the jump and we're in the air, my legs fall off the crossbar and go behind it. So the canoe, we go, I mean, 60 feet. The canoe sticks nose into the snow and it tomahawks me out. Now my legs are behind this crossbar. So it, it blew both my knees out. I, I literally cartwheeled down the mountainside, smashed my face, busted up and broke a tooth, like was jacked, right? And this whole time, I'm thinking, how am I going to tell my wife? Like, what am I going to tell my wife? Like, I've got to go to the emergency room. I'm going to have to have surgery. Like, what am I going to do, right? And so being in that position, I called my brother-in-law, Zach, and I'm like, Zach, do you still have those old crutches and motorcycle braces? I was literally going to just try to strap those on and hide it from my wife because she did not want me doing any stunts in the snow. Um, my, you know, my dad became a paraplegic broke his back in a tubing accident. And, and so obviously snow sports were never our thing growing up. And she's like, something's going to happen. I know. So, and I'm like, nothing's going to happen. Something well, happened. Let me ask you something. Um, before, when you were getting ready to do that, did any part of your dad's crash, um, did any of that come into your mind before you were about to do something that literally? Totally. Yeah, totally. Because we'd done snow stunts before. And there were some I just said, I'm not going to do that, right? Like, we did the same thing on a tube where we shot one of our castmates down the same mountain to hit that ramp on a tube. And he flew, right? And that's all that had happened to my dad was he had my older sister in his lap. He hit a jump, landed the wrong way. It bent him, severed his spinal, snapped his back and severed his spinal cord. And so from the time I was five years old, my dad was a paraplegic, right? So I grew up part of my life in the VA hospital. My dad was a veteran, um, spent a lot of time in the VA hospital, but that's all I ever really knew can remember my dad as being in a wheelchair. I don't ever remember him walking around or um, always in a wheelchair. And so, yeah, that, that had crossed my mind. So then there were, like I said, there were times when I said, no, and I'm not doing that. I'm not going to do that particular thing because it played in the back of my mind. Um, what was the difference this time? The shape of the canoe? <laughs> not Once again. Yeah. Yeah. I was just like, Oh, it's not, it's not a surface where I'm going to bounce, right? You're not going to bounce and fly into a tree. You're in this canoe. 
and, and you know that seems way more dangerous to me than a, than a tube but you had had personal experience with a with a tube I with guess. a tube right people tube every winter like millions of people tube you get a bloody nose or you maybe get you know you're spraying or something but yeah something you know you don't ever think tubing is going to cause paralysis and i can tell you this oh too man and it, it's true and i don't i don't care if you talk to any kind of stunt performer i mean Kodak courage is a real thing. If the cameras are on you, you'll do shit that you normally would never do. So that happened a lot. Like when I know the cameras are rolling, you're like, oh God, am I really going to jump this motorcycle into this? Oh God, okay, let's do it. <laughs> shit breaks, things fly and you're, you're okay. And so it's awesome. But, you know, I've seen a lot of guys spend the next two days in the hospital because of the stuff we did on set. How did your wife uh, like you... In the, in that when you were doing that show she didn't like it at all because you know you're always getting banged up and brute sore right i mean even when i fought mixed martial arts she liked that more because there's you know there's only so many things that can really happen inside of a cage or a ring at the time um you know you and you can always you always have an out you can always tap out and be like i'm done I didn't do that too often, but it, it, happened. Okay, it happened. So, Johnny, I'm wondering, I actually didn't know this story, but so what happened after you crashed and you called your brother-in-law to get the crutches? Yeah, he's like, you're an idiot. Your wife's going to find out, dude. So I did have to go to the hospital. Um, I did have to, uh, went to the emergency room. I did have, um, I literally blew out both of my knees and I was on crutches for six months afterwards. You but feel- we still filmed and that's the thing. I would tell my wife, oh, we're going to set, you know, that's how you get paid You show up on set. And if they use you, that's the glory. And so I would show up to set a lot of times and just wouldn't, I would just be a character. I wasn't really doing anything. But then after like a couple of weeks of that, I was like, dude, there's some things I can do. So one of the things we did, we call it furious feathers because at the time, remember angry birds, the game mm-hmm. was a big thing, but we couldn't say angry birds. We called it furious feathers, but we built this tower out of, big styrofoam blocks and the tower stood about 40 feet and each level there was a cast member dressed like a green pig (laughs) and shrimpy the one of our smaller cast members um buck 25 soaking wet dressed in a chicken costume and rode a motorcycle up a ramp and crashed into this thing and i was on the second level with my crutches thinking he's never gonna get this far shit he flew off that ramp and smashed through all that stuff and i flew in the air and my crutches went flying and i landed in a big dirt pile and rolled down and it was probably one of the seeing the footage it was like one of the funniest coolest things that i've i think i've done like on camera it's awesome <laughs> so i guess that that show is over right the, the uh, nitro circus and through yeah the nitro circus now they do their live tour and so they travel the world literally putting on a live stunt show where they have BMX athletes, scooter athletes, skateboarders. Some of the top action sports athletes in the world aren't even competing in like the X games and stuff anymore. They're a part of this traveling troupe of stunt riders and they literally fly all over the world and put on stunt shows. And so um, when they come to Utah, they've done what they've called the Nitro circus experience where like a big company will hire them to come in and do like a grand opening or a party. And I've done a few of those, right. Rode a garbage can down a big ramp and jumped it into some foam or something, but, um, or announced. Cause I like announcing a little bit more than anything. Cause first off, you don't get punched in the head and you don't 
break shit when you're holding the microphone. So I like to do that. You, you posted a video, um, I think on your TikTok or something, um, of a, a scene when you're being like flung around on like a, on a <laughs> excavator. Uh, oh, oh, that's what it was. <laughs> yeah. Cause my, you know, I remember back in the day, my fight nickname was the little ball of hate. And so we thought of the thing, well, what about the little wrecking ball of hate? And so they made me into a human wrecking ball where we had attached a strap, a 10 foot strap from an excavator. And I wore a harness and I got into it and then put my jumpsuit over it. And then the plan was they were going to spin me around in this excavator and then slide different objects in front of it that I could smash through. So like a drywall, a bunch of drywall, a bunch of two by fours nailed together, a garbage cans. And so it did it. And it was a riot, right? Like flying around, spinning around. But then, you know, those excavators just don't like, slow to a stop they just kind of he just kind of stopped it so as i'm spinning around we're flying he stops it and it like wraps me up around the bucket handle and i flip down and bang kind of catches me as i'm upside down and but here's the thing like anything that we did we did it literally by drawing it on a napkin like would this work could we build this could you do that shit let's try it draw it on a napkin at lunch go back put it together the next day we film it. And that was kind of one of those things. Wow. I imagine there's not, um, a, uh, an underwriter that really wants to have anything to do with that. With those guys. <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. I don't, I don't know how they did it. Listen, that's not for me to figure out. Yeah. I'm just, and I don't know if it, I mean, you don't have to answer if it's not a thing, but like you had to get surgery and you had to get like, was that something that was covered by the show or well, I had health insurance and they had backup insurance. So look, so this is the good thing is I, I didn't have to have uh, surgery, which oh. was a good thing. So I was on crutches for like six months, braces. And I mean, my knees still aren't amazing, but um, way better than, than um, they should be really without getting surgery and stuff done. Do you have uh, injuries right now that you can feel sitting there right now? Yeah, I do, man. Sometimes I have to wear like a freeze sleeve, which is this cool sleeve that you put in the freezer then you pull it up because sometimes my knees will just like swell out of nowhere like just nothing and it's like impossible to to walk around for a couple days and then it just goes away but I mean overall I feel pretty good you know but I am 43 and I'm getting older and so there was talk of us rebooting and doing and I'm like dude that's just count me out um how about uh Bam Bam Rubble or Bam Majera so when I was a kid that's what my parents called me, Bam Bam. I was a, I picked shit up. I wanted to I'll be the strongest kid. And my, I was this little toehead, blonde haired kid that would run around. So I have a more of an affinity for Bam Bam. Um, and I love Bam Margera, but for me, it's more nostalgic um, Bam Bam. I mean, I literally remember flipping over like our living room couch and just getting my ass whipped by my mom. <laughs> Um, how about uh, Johnny Cage or Johnny Quest? Mortal Kombat! Johnny Cage all day. <laughs> Which did you like better, Mortal Kombat or Street Fighter? Well, let me tell you, Street, Fight, Street Fighter junkie until Mortal Kombat. Dude, it was edgy. It was, oh my God, it, parents didn't want their kids playing it. I, I even believe at one time, like it made like, there were senators, like they wanted to get rid of all the Mortal Kombat arcade games because of the blood and violence. Yeah, brilliant. And idea. that made you want to play it so exactly. much more. Yeah. The, yeah. The politicians are such idiots. Like, <laughs> yeah. 
smart move, right? Like you, you just gave that video game the most advertising it could have ever gotten outside of the top stop that it was at. Uh, but for you to do that, uh, you blew it up for them. Yeah, same thing happened with Garbage Bell Kids. Like it's, the second parents and and people adults start saying, get trying to get rid of shit because they're don't want their kids to see it. Like that's the first thing kids run to. <laughs> run to. So uh, Blanca or E Honda. Well, Blanca, that was my main, probably my main character. If I wasn't playing Ken, I was playing Blanca. Um, the the shock that he could do and spinning into a ball and that uppercut punch, like, yeah, I was a Blanca guy. What about sure. Ken, Ken or Ryu? Ken, I was, a, you know. Was Ken in the white suit or the red suit? Red suit. Yeah, Ryu was the one in the white red suit. suit. But I like to play with Guile, too. You know, he was this yeah. pro-American, you know, yeah. fighting on the military base. Like, and I, you know, I used to have a flat top. And, you know, I, <laughs> I can say that I tried to model it after Guile. and you wanted to be Guile? Yeah. I mean, I wanted to stay a little tight. You wanted to be kid. Wait, which one was with the hot, really high uh, flat top? Was that kid or play? I think yeah. it was play. <laughs> um, what about RoboCop or a Copland? You say RoboCop. <laughs> say RoboCop. <laughs> RoboCop, dude. Are you kidding me? You claim? Do you still? I mean, that's pretty much. Yeah. That's the. That's the. That's the bee's knees. That's right? a movie that when it is on, I will watch it no matter what time of day, no matter what scene it's on, I'm finishing it. <laughs> Switching gears a little bit. Um, how about Carl Malone or Post Malone? Come on, man. I remember those days when we were watching the playoffs. Dude, it was an exciting time for Utah. So the mailman, dude, all day. Then he went pro wrestled in purple leather pants. <laughs> No one room for that guy. Yeah, I'm uh, Carl Malone for sure. And, but I do love Post Malone. He's a Utah guy. Right. Yeah. Loves Utah. Don't you have a funny link to or link or a funny story about Carl Malone, or maybe you don't even want to talk about that? Oh, and I beat up a guy that was his <laughs> Carl Malone's personal trainer. That's what he told me, anyways. I don't know. It was kind of a weird deal. I, I was thinking when I was, when I was going to bring it up, I was like, maybe that's not a, maybe the guy wasn't even really him or, or maybe, uh, maybe he doesn't want to talk about it on the show. Oh, I don't care. It doesn't bother me, but yeah, I got into a fight with a guy who was road, total road rage incident. Um, and I, it was furious and I, the guy cut me off and kept flipping me off and I could just see his hand out the window and I was like, pull over. We end up pulling off of the freeway, pull into a, freaking hotel parking lot. I jump out. This dude jumps out of the car and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> Huge dude. Like the biggest is muscle bound. And I'm thinking I'm going to get destroyed right now. I say I'm a cop and here's my badge. And I took my wallet and I put it in his face. And as he's looking at my wallet, I just racked him as hard as I could. Just punched him. <laughs> Cause I knew if I didn't hit this guy first, he's going to kill me. But when I hit him, my freaking wallet blew out of my hand. I went in the middle of the road. All my cards and money are blowing everywhere. I'm just freaking out. The guy starts to get up again, and I'm screaming, I'm crazy. I'll kill you. And he's like, bro, bro, chill out, man. Chill out. And I was like, oh, all right. Uh. So I start picking up my money in my wallet and putting it in my wallet, and he comes over and helps me do it, helps me get, pick up my cards and shit that are everywhere. Anyways, we end up talking. I end up giving him, we talked for a half hour. I apologize for punching him and causing this scene and ends up telling me that, hey, you know, I'm a, 
personal trainer. These are some of my clients. The mailman Malone happened to be one of his clients. <laughs> so um, now, once again, I you know I don't know if that's true. I never seen them together, but I don't know. It's a weird thing to tell someone after you just got. Well, either way, it makes you a good. I mean, it makes the story better if he's not or if he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the story's good enough without it, but. <laughs> Dude, I literally was like, "Oh my god, what did I just do? This guy is gonna." <laughs> wad me up into a ball and throw me into the street so well, i had to hit him first you have the, also have that thing that a lot of people don't have you are used to fighting you fought a lot and that there's something inside people who are comfortable fighting that they don't they have a little worry of like oh i uh like you said you were like oh wow this guy's big but yet you still continued on <laughs> yeah yeah all right well listen i was committed yeah, that's true. I was committed. Not, not really. You could have went and ran back into your car and drove away. <laughs> yeah, dude, but that guy could have caught me in two steps. I mean, he was big. <laughs> hey, who did you first fight? Where did you start fighting? Was that at home with your brothers or? Yeah, what? me and my little brother, Anthony, right? Rest his soul. He, uh, we were two years apart in age. And, um, you know, we fought. We grew up in an Irish Catholic household. You know, my parents were... You know, it was F this, F that. I love them both to death, but they, you know, they're just, you know, fighting was a part of kind of the culture. You came in and my mom would be screaming at my dad. My dad. Now they never physically fought, but they would just be a lot of yelling. And and then, yeah, me and my brother, like we just would, you know, literally we'd play Nintendo. And if he beat me at a game, I'd swing the paddle and smash him right on top of his head. Like we just were very violent toward each other. And so, yeah, we, we fought a lot and, and, my dad boxed uh, before he became a paraplegic way back in the day when he was younger. You know, I think just fighting was kind of a way we solved shit at our house. Well, and you say we were violent towards each other, but um, so no one's mistaken. Like you guys had a tremendous amount of love for each other. Oh, dude, dude. If anyone did to my brother, what I did to him, they would be dead. Like I would beat though. I would beat them. Right. But it was my brother and that, you know, brothers fought and we were so close in age and we were, we were so much alike, but so different too. I mean, even as we grew up, we were, there were so many things that we loved, but we couldn't have been more different in, in a lot of different ways. And so, yeah, no, I loved my brother. We were both stubborn and we both, you know, would slug the shit out of each other whenever we got the chance. <laughs> and then let me tell you something, this is, you know, take it, but they, you know, we weren't the wealthiest people you know we you know there were you know when people talk about you know green eggs and government cheese we stood in line and used food stamps and we didn't have a lot now not not saying that my parents didn't try them now granted my father was paraplegic he was on disability my mom owned her own cleaning business um where they cleaned homes for wealthy people and and so there was a little bit of kind of a chip on your shoulder you know you may have to wear the same pair of pants two or three days in a row someone would make fun of you for it did you feel what it, we're in the, we were in the suburbs and so there were a lot of kind of like not wealthy, but kind of well-to-do people in the area. Um, did you feel that? Like, did you feel a sense of like, not like you were used exclusion? To uh, right. And here's the thing too. And not, and once again, now things have changed a lot. Sure, sure. 43, you know, we were Mormon. We grew up in Utah. Utah's, you know, a lot of my friends went to church and if you didn't go to church, you know, sometimes their kids, my friends couldn't come over to my house. 
I didn't understand now, but not back then. Just thinking, well, why can't my friend come and spend the night? What, what's the problem? Right. Well, we weren't Catholic. My parents smoked. We had parties at our house. My favorite um, word in the household was probably fuck. No, no. <laughs> ask anybody, any of my relatives, ask my wife, what was my mom's favorite word? Fuck. It, she, that's probably why I have a bad potty mouth. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, were you- we didn't grow like we didn't grow up like super poor, but like sure. we just my mom did her best to provide. We had government assistance because my dad's injury and he was a veteran. And so, you know, it's not like we had a ton of money. We didn't live in a big house. We didn't have nice, fancy cars. You know, we never went without. Like, right. We had bikes and we had toys and we had clothes and we had food. Um, but, you know, sometimes you get made fun of for that shit. Right. And, and so our defense mechanism was, you know, it was to fight. Like it was the fight. And that's kind of how we grew the reputation. Like the Ritchie brothers were knuckleheads. Like we just weren't afraid. Like I wasn't afraid to, if I lost, I lost, but that didn't happen too much. Right. No, not many that I can think of. They're all, they're all really fun stories. Um, <laughs> they're like one of my favorites that I always, whenever we're hanging out with people, new people around, like, I'm like, Hey, tell us, tell that one story. <laughs> Cause I, like- I Hey, listen. And, and as I get older, the older I get, the better I was. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm not letting the truth get in the way of a good story. Okay, well, it wasn't Car- it wasn't Carl Malone's trainer. It was Carl Malone, <laughs> <laughs> and he was wearing purple pants. <laughs> Speaking of Carl Malone and the Jazz, you uh, worked with a another uh, NBA All Star, All Star, um, yeah. Darren Williams, on a podcast called. Ballers and brawlers. That's right. You, it was you and Darren Williams and who, and oh, Sean and, O'Connell, and the guy that won the million bucks in the uh, pro fight league. So what yeah. happened? Sean O'Connell took his million and then you guys don't do the, podcast. Oh, dude, those two are such highbrow ballers, dude. They were, they wanted to travel the world. You know, funny story. I, I got to meet Darren through Rockwell. Like I said, Darren was a guy we made at the Darren Williams watch. Um, and then his best friend that ran his charities and, and helped Darren in a lot of ways, um, was a kid named Matt Mitnick and Matt Mitnick. I first met at the Darren Williams celebrity, um, dodgeball barrage charity event where they're raising money. You know, I was starstruck. Obviously it's Darren Williams guy played for the jazz. He's an Olympic gold medalist. Like he was the man here in the state of Utah when Darren moved to play basketball overseas. I don't know if a lot of people remember this. And when he did that, Matt wasn't, Darren was gone and Matt was still here. So Matt um, became kind of our events manager at Rockwell time. He did a lot of the day-to-day operations, but also traveled with us. And me and Matt became super, super close. And so Matt's one of my best friends and he is, and he's Darren Williams' best friend. Well, so me and Darren hit it off as well. Darren's a big fight guy. He owns a gym and mixed martial arts gym in Dallas. He trains mixed martial arts every day. Probably the toughest basketball player that's ever played the game. I mean, I'd put him up against anybody and he's choked me out a time or two. Oh, has he? <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has. Yeah, man, me and Darren just became buddies and we were talking about putting doing a podcast. And it was like when Darren was here, he was traveling back and forth between Utah and Dallas. Sean was still fighting in the PFL, but also doing some announcing stuff. And we thought, man, let's us three get together. We would bring on professional athletes and we would discuss their favorite fights and what are they doing with their time. And so it, it was fun, man. We had a great time. I, I think we did 
10 or 15 episodes, but then it just got harder and harder to kind of pin those guys, which I live here. You, right. you know, I'm, I'm available, bro. Come on. But those guys were just, man, Darren was traveling back and forth. Sean was really starting to focus more on the PFL and his fight game. And so we just kind of stopped, like it was never really officially announced or anything. We just kind of stopped doing it because we could never get in the room. We've talked about bringing it back now that everyone's kind of in a different place in their life, but um, I don't know. It was fun. You never officially announced it was over. So you've just been on a little bit of a hiatus so it can come back anytime. Been on a little bit of a hiatus, Ty. Uh, And that's, so that's why, man, I can appreciate what you guys are doing, what you and uh, Adrian are doing. This is, this is awesome. You've had some, like some amazing people on here. I feel honored to be a part of this thing. How about, let's see if we can um, really break the earth's core here with this uh, um, Sophie's choice. Um, The Hulk or the rock? Dude, at one point in time, you're talking to the Rock super fan. You remember those times? I had a Rock shrine. Now, this was before the Rock became the Rock. I'm talking early WWE days when the Rock first came out. I bought every magazine, every if it had him on the guy the cover of TV Guide, I bought it, and I built. I remember that you had a a big gulp cup with his face i still got it it's it's in a box in my closet okay so the rock man love that guy but my niece brixton is about to turn five years old a form of our connection where we share this love for this character is um intense and she absolutely loves the Hulk. Like she dressed up for the Hulk as, or for Halloween as the Hulk. She's four. All the little kids are in dresses. She's got the full Hulk green costume, green mask, did her hair green. So the Hulk, as much as I love the Brock, man, the Hulk was my guy. Hulk wallpaper when I was a kid. Like die hard, I'm saying the Hulk is it. How about, how about uh, since we're uh, speaking about The Rock, how about Kevin Hart or Kevin Sorbo? <laughs> Fucking Hercules, bro. You throwing some Hercules action to me? I never really liked that hokey shit oh. like Hercules or like Xena. I never really got into it. Um, but I, Kevin Hart, he's a, I watched that document. I mean, I've always thought he's a funny guy. Watched his stand-up. I've never seen him live. Um, but... He seems like a pretty good dude. Like he's a he's a grinder. Yeah. That dude works around the clock. I can appreciate that. He's got the number one new movie on Netflix right now. We watched it last night, and I and I was trying to hide my tears. Yeah. <laughs> Is it good? Yeah, it's good. I would recommend not watching it. I know. Because you're just going to cry the whole time. You do. It is It is very heart, heartfelt movie, but it's very, like, uh, it's just, it's a really good one. And he is really, I, you know, I'm not a huge Kevin Hart fan. Um, I, I'm a big fan of his work ethic. But he was, like, he changed me. I'm, I've turned around on it because his acting, what his chops in there were awesome. Like, very real. It is a really, really, really good movie. But, like, well. You guys know I wear my emotions on my sleeve and I've cried at in commercials. So, I'm a puss. So that means I will. You'll be bawling your eyes out. Dude, I'll, dude I'm not even joking, man. Sometimes there's a song and I'm like, oh, what the hell? 
<laughs> I enjoy a good cry, man. I used to, I used to try to hide it a lot, but now I think I always say it was after I had the kids, I just cry with everything. But yeah, I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's great for you. It's good to let some of it out. I think it was after uh, we switched from dairy milk to soy milk. Oh, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that is what happened. <laughs> Yes. That happens to me all the time. Like even just like a song or just something, or I'll just be sitting there thinking of something and not even thinking I'll just start crying. <laughs> not as much anymore, but that's okay. You're right, man. You know, everyone needs to have a good cry. Um, what how about uh, Kevin Hart or Brett, the Hitman Hart? Yeah. Yeah. I'm still going to say, I'm still going to stick with uh, Kevin, even though I was a big wrestling fan. Okay. Junkyard dog or British bulldogs. Junkyard Dog, bro. Kidding me? I was a huge British Bulldogs fan too, but yeah, Junkyard Dog was. Fun. I liked the dog. You know, they'd come out and they slick back and you have this. Like, that was cool. Yeah. That was what, nine, uh, early or late 80s? Bro, yeah, early 90s, late 80s. Doesn't it seem like there were just really like way cooler, like superstar wrestlers then than there are kind of now? Thousand percent. Yeah. Think about it now. I mean, and not that I'm, you know, but just the casual fan. Like, can you name 10? I mean, no, I could name majority of the roster back then. Right. I'm not, I'm not even a casual fan anymore. I was a huge fan when it was WWF. I could named a bunch of the people back then and I never. Yeah. Who can you name? Who can you name from there, Adrian? Well, the guy who's balding with the, um, I don't know. Hulk Hogan. Yeah, brother. The Hulkster. (laughs) Um, that's all I know right now, but then I could have. What about ultimate warrior? Or what, I mean, like Jake the Snake. Uh, yeah, Jake the Snake, Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant, yeah. There were such great ones. It was such a, le- like. Dude, my favorite, you know what my favorite is of all time? Mm, I mean. Let me try to guess. The Rock. Give me the Jimmy Superfly Snooker. Aren't you related to him? Uh, my, my, my cousin who unfortunately he, he passed away a little while ago, um, Volcano Kid, he was uh, Snooker's tag team partner. Knew it. <laughs> okay here here let me let, we'll jump right off with this then john rambo or john matrix dude i'm rambo man i mean first you blood alone over uh, over arnold well when you're comparing those two characters yeah because okay. i love i mean i loved commando i thought it was awesome or let off some steam bennett let off some steam bennett <laughs> but you know the story of that loner dude and the cops just a big dick to him and then he's just like i just want to be me let me do me and then he takes on the town dude and he fucking kicks all their asses yeah that was that was really one of like one of the all-time movies that that is such a great yeah but as far as movies in general are concerned i'm an arnold schwarzenegger fan (laughs) cole trickle or brock tickle Oh, Rock Tickle, he was one of our guys, man. It's one of our uh, um, Supercross athletes. Yeah, he he's and he's yeah, really he's, good. I mean, yeah. at one time, I don't think he's racing anymore, but at one time, like Brock Tickle was like the man. Because I just like to say, I want to bring up Cole Trickle just because it's Cole Trickle. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know who Cole Trickle is, Adrian? No, I have no idea. I don't know what you're talking about. Really. Cole Trickle? You don't know who Cole Trickle is? Above the law or hard to kill? Okay, so, well, once again, Steven Seagal, man. At one time, that guy just loved his movies. Um, I'm trying to think of the one. It's the one with Gino. Gino's the bad guy. And it's the one where he puts the cue ball in the napkin, 
right? And that biker's all, oh, kick your and he fucking, and he wraps that dude in the mouth. And then the guy spits his teeth out. And then he kicks all their asses, obviously. And then at the end, he fights Gino and he just kicks the shit, breaks his arm, flips him, you know, through. Like that was my favorite Steven Seagal movie. Now I can't remember if it was, I think it was above the law. What didn't they kill his wife at the first or something on over my? I mean, all this, all of the yeah, that's the thing is they're now I'm confused. Hard to kill above the law, which is the one where he's where he's blind, where he's blind and then comes back and like is it <laughs> called Blind Fury or something. Or oh, I, dude, no, that's Rutger Hauer. Oh, Blind Fury, where he was oh, the blind yeah, samurai. Okay. I'm getting them all mixed up. Well, all those movies and everything were all the same. What, what was going on at that time? Why, why did we love those so much? Dude, love you know what it was? It was the technique, his Aikido, right? Like that's yeah. Aikido's his his deal. And if you've seen that guy now, he looks not good. It depends on if you're watching um, him at one of his like uh events because the he flips people one like one of his seminars, <laughs> yeah. they are the most the fakest <laughs> shit I've ever like just grabs the guy and goes, and then the guys both of his legs fly through the but back in the day. I mean, it was a new style, right? Watching his movies and how he would use people's body weight to flip them or like spin them around and snap their arm in half. Like you didn't see, you, know, you didn't see that in Bruce Lee movies or it was even, also fun to watch with his knife fighting. Oh yeah. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. His, <laughs> when you have sticks and like, that's what I mean. When he rolled that cue ball up in that napkin and he's spinning it and cracking guys. Oh dude, it was great. All right, I'm going to throw some rapid-fire ones at you while I do this, this highlights on it, and then I before we close out, I, I, I know I won't be completely done with this thing, but I'll finish it later on. Um, how about Gary Busey or Nick Nolte? Oh, dude, I'm Gary Busey. <laughs> oh, my God, you took Gary Busey? <laughs> oh, bro, I love Gary Busey. He's so crazy. <laughs> so is Nick Nolte. Every single word he uses is an acronym. I know. So it like, is. Every word breaks down into a meaning. It's ridiculous. It's yeah, that's some sort of brain, his brain, like a brain damage that he had or something that causes that. Oh, totally. What about Denzel or Samuel L? Dude, that could be the toughest one you've asked me. No, that one's the easiest. Serious. Well, it's easy for you and I. <laughs> I'm going to have to go Samuel L. Oh, man. That, I just, uh, wait, that hurt me a little bit. <laughs> I mean, I love Denzel. I really do. I think he's a phenomenal actor, but the movies that, that I would say stick with me, that resonate with me the most are a lot of them are Samuel L. Jackson's in them. Right. That's because he's in every single movie. He's in every single movie. John Connor or Jon Snow. Oh, dude. I fucking love Game of Thrones, man. (laughs) Um, But John Connor. Yeah. I mean, John Connor is the greatest movie of all time. Yeah. John Connor. Terminator um, Two, yeah. You know, people always say all oh, the see the best sequel was The Godfather, dude. That was great, but fucking Terminator uh-huh. Two was badass. I know where you're heading with that. I totally agree with you. Terminator Two is one of the best uh-huh. um, sequels ever. ever. Yeah. What, what about uh, John McClane or John Wick? Oh my god, <laughs> dude, these are rough because look who's right behind you. <laughs> I know he's he's eyeballing me, oh, John. Yeah, you know me, dude. I'm Die Hard is like one of my. It's a RoboCop esque movie. It's one of those movies that I'll watch any time of any time. So it's you're going John McClane over over John Wick, huh? 
Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I mean, who wins in that cage match? Fucking Wick whips his ass, dude. Unfortunately, <laughs> street smart, it's tough, really bad dude. too. Huh? He breaks every bone in 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 yeah, John McClane's body. Even if John McClane had a knife or a gun. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't care what he's got, dude. He smokes. He drinks too much. John Wick's a fucking oiled machine, dude, that would kick his ass. Though Adrian makes fun of him because when she, the last one we watched, the way he, um, tell him how, what was driving you nuts, He's Adrian. not an oiled machine. He needs some oil. Like his joints need some oil. Oh, you're talking about John Wick? John Wick yeah. 3. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, he just fought 97 fucking people. I mean, I don't care if you are the Terminator, you're going to be a little slow getting up and moving. Clint Eastwood wouldn't be tired. He could beat up everybody out on the front lawn. And... Oh, right. Yeah, your ass. <laughs> Dude, John Wick, Keanu Reeves, I mean, I mean, have you ever watched his tactical shooting videos? Real deal? Yeah, like, yeah, I have watched tactical. That dude can freaking shoot a gun, man. Yeah, that he... dude is real. Yeah, he trains and really good. Yeah, he looks, it look, those videos are actually pretty cool to watch. They're cool to watch. Yeah. I love them. Yeah. Well, how did you? end up in the MMA. I was doing those uh, Sunday night or Monday night fights at the club 90. They would do a kind of an open call. It was like tough man. And I, you know, laced them up and fought like six or seven times doing that. Right. Do you remember what your ring fighting uh, record is? Like total. Yeah. Uh, like 17 and three. Including that, you know, like that. So it's kind of weird because back then there wasn't like an athletic commission that there is now. Right. right? There was a boxing commission. So how you got around it, right? Because we were still boxing on these Monday night smoker bouts is you had to come out and throw a one leg kick. So right when the bell rang, me and the opponent would come across, throw a kick, and now oh. it's considered kickboxing. It was something so that was planned before they would, tell, they would tell you to do that before. Like that was yeah. part of the plan. Yeah, cool. Yeah. That was the way around it. That was the way around it. And so I had a lot of fights and never, you know, they, they've never scored. But I think overall, my record was like 17 and three. Steve Sharp, Denza, or Robert Densley, Robert Densley. and Who Alberto Castillo. Three names I'll never forget. Yeah. Yeah. Those ones sting still, right? Well, I mean, you got you got a win over Densley before, didn't you? Or no? No, I, I refought Alberto Castillo. I fought him again a second time and kicked his ass. Okay. Did you yeah. ever get one over Sharp? No. Okay. Well, Sharp's Sharp and Robert, man, those dudes. I, I mean, it's so funny though how the sport works because those dudes are such great guys, yeah. you know. And at the time, I, you know, they, I wasn't prepared for them. They were better shape and t- yeah. I mean, fatigue makes cowards of men. Yeah. So I don't care how tough you are if you're not in cardio, you know, fight shape, and you yeah. get into a fight, you know, unless you knock the guy out. You're, the longer that thing went on, the fucking odds of me losing went up. Um, Sarah Connor or Connor McGregor? That one's easy, but come on, bro. <laughs> Connor McGregor, that's my guy. Yeah, uh, I'm throwing this on here because you brought up, um, you know, Johnny's fight name was uh, the Little Ball of Hate, and we had a friend that like was like it must have been the funniest thing in the world to him, but he really enjoyed calling you the Little Beach Ball of Hate. So. <laughs> So I'm putting yeah, a beach ball back here on the back of this. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, you, 
you know, you walk around feeling pretty good, fighting at 155, and then I put on a few pounds after I stopped training. <laughs> and so the beach ball of hate is where that came Did in. Did that ever bother you? Did that bother you when 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 your boys are giving you bussing balls? Look at this guy. This guy's nothing. Nothing. Little ball of hate. Little butterball beach ball of hate. I'll tell you what he hates. You know what he hates? The second round. Look at him. <laughs> I could kill that guy. I could take him out, no problem. Who's the butterball now? Well, at least I still look tough in my combat gear. At least you could look tough. You know, dude, I'm, I'm self deprivating humor like i make fun of myself more than probably anybody i'm okay but then there's some instances where like some people go too far and maybe right. you don't really know them like they think like very like as well as they think they do right. and they'll make a fat joke or something at one point in time and i was always like hey you little fuckhead you wouldn't <laughs> say that to me for a cent in the cage and i kick your ass you know but there you go well the beach ball could easily represent how fun you are and how, that's right like I the pool and yeah oh there thanks adrian oh, well, no i think it's funny like i've i've adopt like i think it's the joke is funny like the little beach ball of hate like that's pretty <laughs> funny dude how could you not laugh at that well before we close this up i do want to without like getting too deep into it um your life uh, though plagued with all kinds of tragedy with death and like your house as a kid burning down multiple times, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you're so full of joy and you're like an incredibly pleasant person to be around and you always make, uh, <laughs> loss can lift you up or bring you down. And I think you've chosen to be uplifted by all of that. I think it's a choice. But I don't know. I couldn't finish my sentence. I started to get choked up. I am right now. <laughs> I don't like to hear this shit. Shut up. <laughs> but you you always make everyone around you feel important. Why or not why, but maybe like how do you how do you how do you maintain this level of enjoyment? Where where do you where's this coming from? Man, you know, I I love life, dude. Like I'm blessed to have amazing friends and family and I'm an amazing wife and, and, you know, to get, to get to do the things and be a part of the stuff I've done. I, like I said, I feel blessed. Like I know I've worked hard. I've sacrificed. I've done things that, um, you know, that, that have been hard. Right. Um, but I also think that being around death, it, you get a perspective of you have to enjoy it all. How like easily, have, how quickly it can just go. Can go. I mean, it can go. Um, you know, when my brother died, when both my parents and my, my, my wife's father died in a plane crash, I mean, it can be over in a minute. And so you just have to enjoy it. And it, and it's hard. It, it takes more energy to be negative and pissed off than it does to be happy and, and, and smile. No, not to say that I don't have those days, right? We all do, but I very rarely think I'm, I, I don't get depressed. I try to look at the bright side, the glass, the glass is half full and, you know, I attribute that to, I think, you know, the experience of that life is fleeting and, yeah. you know, every day it could be taken away at any time. And so, you know, enjoy the people that you're with, the things that you're doing. If you don't like something, don't do it. You know, if you don't like your job, life is too short to work. 
you know, your job is where you spend most of your life yeah. at work. And if you hate your job and you hate what you do, you should get the hell out of there and not do that. Do yeah. what, do what you love. And I never thought I'd be a watch salesman, right? I always thought I was going to be in entertainment or doing, and it's, it's opened those doors for me, but I love my job. I love Rockwell. I love what we stand for. Um, you know, we're a patriotic company. We love our first responders and police and fire and our military. I say it all the time. Like my friends are my family. Like you guys are family. You know, I love, you know, I, I, I treat you no different than I would treat my brothers and sisters. And, and um, I'm, we're blessed to be able to do that. So yeah, um, yeah that's it. I mean, I, I, I consider myself to be a happy go lucky. I want everyone to be you know, happy and feel good. And that makes me happy when people are happy and having fun. Yeah. Plus it I makes, wanna... yeah. If you keep if you're making everyone else feel important and, and ha enjoying themselves, it rubs, I mean, it makes your existence more fun and, and yeah, you're just really good at it. <laughs> oh. Well, dude, I, I appreciate that, man. And you know, without, you know, getting too emotional, I, I really do appreciate that. And it means a lot to me that we get to have you guys in our lives and, and um, yeah. And I'm, I, I'm a firm believer in nothing great in life is ever achieved without enthusiasm. So being excited and, you know, talking about, man, I try to treat people, whether it's my, the waiter that's serving us or a mega superstar that's making $150 million a year, man, I want those people to feel that I've treated them the exact same, that there's yeah. no difference. And so that's what I try to do. Well, yeah, you know, thanks, man. For well, so I, I'm, I'm gonna end up finishing this up a little bit. I know I, we went on a little grasshopper, long, huh? And, you had to throw but, that yeah. grasshopper in there, bud. Johnny's not a big fan of grasshoppers, but listen, as tough as a badger as you say they are, you should be able to handle a grasshopper. But anyway, you're tearing this grass. This grasshopper's holding up the the white flag of retreat of. of I like it. So, gosh, I'll, I'll probably I love it. Blood, I'll put a little bit of blood coming out of here. So you just totally Dude, dominated the the, the grasshopper. I was gonna ask you if there's <laughs> there any way you could just put a little bit of blood on there, let me know that thing's dead. I'm absolutely putting that on there. And if okay. it's dead, then I'm gonna put it in a taco and eat it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, so thank you for joining us on the show. Before we completely wrap up. What, um, what is in your future? What, 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 you know, what can we, what do you want to promote? What can we, uh, tell the people that are my audience, where can we send them to, uh, help support? Oh yeah, man. That's awesome. Ty. Uh, if you go to, um, rockwelltime.com, that's, that's our home, right? That's where all of our products live. We have a new thing that we're doing now for anybody that visits our website and makes a purchase of any watch or sunglass, we're going to gift you another hero themed watch for free so if you purchase this watch you get another watch um, that you can choose from police fire military and what our hopes is is that when you get that free item you give it to a police officer or a fireman or someone in the military someone that's a hero in your life or or maybe someone you've never met we want you to to uh, buy one give one and so that's something that we're doing now for any purchase for the lifetime of our website That'll be the deal. So for Rockwell, that's the, that's where you'll go to Rockwell Time to uh, get that information. How about you personally? Um, do you like uh, social media? Is what where? Oh yeah, yeah. I mean Rockwell Johnny um, on on Instagram, Johnny Richie on Facebook. But yeah, just you know, um, want to thank you guys, you know, for 
for having me on Rockwell. We're, we're hopefully be at, at an event near you. Yeah. Do you um, know any events so, coming up yet or, or not yet? Man, we've got, yeah, our Too plate many. is full, man. Yeah. It's where will rad. people know where you're going to be at? Is that just from the Rockwell website? So, yeah. So, so right now um, we have a, we have the Rockwell watches app. So if you go to the app, we update the app uh, every couple of days with new events. Usually the Rockwell watches Instagram page is the best way. We're always letting people know what city and state we're going to be in, what events we're going to be at. And so if you follow um, Rockwell watches on Instagram, we probably use that the most to um, push, uh, push information out to our, that's our fans. The up, that's the most updated information. Yeah, for like sure. Yeah. yeah we're, we're on that thing daily. We're updating it all the time. Our website's a great place to go to purchase and look at the products and learn about Rockwell. Um, but as far as events and things are concerned, Instagram's the best. Okay. All right, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, there's your badger. Uh, I, like I said, I'll get it uh, kind of looking a little bit better than it is now. I really appreciate you joining me. Okay, guys. Love you. Bye, Thanks brother. for love having you me so on. Much. Yeah. I Cheers, love the, brother. I love thank picture. you. Thank you. Bye-bye, Johnny. Johnny. Thank you so much for joining us on DOD 45. You always entertain me with your stories and laughter. Um, your admiration and generosity towards veterans and first responders has always been ever present. You continue to pay it forward with Rockwell's never ending buy one gift one watch promo, which is a great way to thank a benevolent person who has selflessly served the country or community. Head over to rockwelltime.com to check out all their watches, sunglasses and apparel. If you'd like to find out more about me and my art, head over to artbytai.com. That's art by T-A-I. And you know what? I'm going to go with some reverse psychology. Do not go follow me on Twitter at Art by Ty. I mean it. Stay away from it. <laughs> As always, hit subscribe, and you can find any necessary links and further information below. That's it for now. Thank you again for joining us. Cheers. The thoughts in my head take place in my bed and I don't have to lie. Thanks for watching this episode of DOD45. I hope that you enjoyed yourself. Make sure you hit that subscribe button. I don't want you to ever miss an episode. Also stick around my YouTube page for a bit. There's a whole array of videos to enjoy, including time-lapse videos, drawing tutorials, and live streams. It's like an amusement park. Now click that subscribe button and go watch another episode of DOD45. Cheers. <laughs>